Why should I stop at only Commander? Let's say I go all the way to the top and become a Fleet Admiral. None of this would have happened had it not been for one man's keen powers of observation. That man, sir, is you. Yes, you, Your Excellency. The man who spotted Admiral Tyler's talents when he was a faceless nobody. Suddenly, everyone would notice you. You'd be in the spotlight, right? <laughs> Once that happened, the Space Force High Command couldn't forget you. You'd be set for life, you lucky guy. Ah, you're exaggerating. And then, in my later years, when I write my memoirs, on the first page, I will inscribe this dedication. Behind the brilliant, glorious life I've led is a chief petty officer. I therefore dedicate these memoirs to him, His Excellency the CPO. The babes will be all over you. You'll be a hit with the media. You'll be famous. Oh, man, you lucky guy. Huh? Better skip the TV appearances. Tuning Japanese, a podcast where three dudes in their 40s talk about anime. He puts his talents to good use. He's Andy. You had to do it. You had to do it. Do what? <laughs> and this old warrior has feet of clay. He's Matt. I'm Clayface, and I will kill Batman. Clay feet. Clay feet. I'm sorry, no, I was just thinking about one of my favorite episodes, two-part episodes of Batman the Animated Series, Feet of Clay, Clayface's first appearance. Great, great stuff. I'm a high-level virtual humanoid. I'm Bill. That you are. Okay, now I can ask the question. Yes, go, <laughs> go for it, Bill. Ask the question. Just real quick, it's true. I have no idea whether or not you two are actually real or simulated. It's true. You don't. You have no you clue. Don't. Well, now you do. You have a clue. I gave you one. We totally went bowling. <laughs> and and drank human beer. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, ask the question, Bill. Okay, so how do you rank Batman the Animated Series, X-Men the Animated Series, and Gargoyles as 90 car- 90s cartoons? This came One, up two, today three. when we were gaming. Uh, oh. Literally gaming, because we're not AI. Yeah, or we right. were vid- video gaming. We were video gaming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, uh, between the three of them, I think it's easy to say they're the top three cartoons of the 90s. Yes, I think you're probably correct on that. How do you rank them? Oh, uh, wow. Let's see here. I, uh... Mine's easy. I got mine. You got yours? Oh, yeah, easy. Surely for the amount of innovation that it ushered in, Batman the Animated Series is number one. I tend to agree. Nope. Ooh. I assume you're going to say X-Men is number one. Absolutely, 100%. X-Men, the animated series, is number one. Because of its revolution in telling interconnected stories for an American cartoon, Gargoyles is number two. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> and X-Men is number three. Because the X-Men, the animated series, had great characters, but often the story was, the stories were somewhat lacking. I think I have to go Batman, X-Men, Gargoyles, probably. You fool! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm going to go X-Men, then Batman, then Gargoyles. Interesting. We're all in disagreement. We're splitting <laughs> hairs no matter what. I mean, oh, yeah, they're, they're all good. Well, they're all better than good. They're all fantastic. Yeah. If I'm considering uh, X-Men on the merits of its uh, ideas of inclusion and tolerance for people who are different. Far focusing on that, it'd be number one, definitely. Now, the thing that drags X-Men down for me, Jubilee. Oh! <laughs> That's fair. I hate Jubilee. I don't even hate her as much as you do, but just oh, the yeah. totally rad 90s talk. Well, Valley Girl talk. Yeah. Like, 
they definitely should have gotten Kitty Pride, although Kitty Pride was a little bit like a well, little bit of an earlier era, but they definitely should have gone there instead of Jubilee. Well, agreed. She was she was the lead in the pilot they made before the series, so or they could have just written Jubilee a little less obnoxious, like Valley Girl. But Bill, she's got sparkly powers. Yeah, I know. Sparky, sparky, boom powers. Omega level mutant. Okay, that was like not initially thought though. That was like as the, her, her character no, developed, it, right? It was disco- it was discovered later. But yeah, yes, so she didn't start yes. out that way, but she also was a vampire. Yes, she was a big, huge fan of George Michael. She was a vampire. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I Jubilee's not my favorite, but also she was the point of view character for a young audience. Exactly. Uh, nothing in Batman the Animated Series ever made you wince and cringe. Like, you don't go back and watch it and go, ugh. Yeah, but Gambit. <laughs> uh, uh, absolutely. No, I mean, again, yeah, we're rocks. splitting hairs. Most we're shares. splitting hairs. That's fair. No, that's fair. Absolutely. No, no, we're splitting <laughs> shares. <laughs> well, if I could turn back time, I would uh, bring us back to the moment where I normally in the episode say, hey, guys. Hi. How doing? Uh, I'm doing great. This is uh, the first episode of Season 9. Season 9 of Tuning Japanese. I love that share video where she's riding that thing that's long and hard and full of semen. A submarine, right? <sighs> God damn it. Uh, <laughs> no, we are here for Season 9, and uh, this is Matt's official, official first season that he gets to bring to us here on this podcast. Although we have... Covered one of his favorite series of all time before he joined us back during the Josh years when we talked about Trigun in season two. But now uh, Matt gets to bring us an anime, and he's already revealed that anime. Matt, do you want to say it again for those who are just tuning in, maybe possibly for the first time? The subject of season nine of Tuning Japanese will be, and is, the irresponsible Captain Tyler. Which, for some reason, when I type it, I, I type irresistible. I don't know why I do that instead of irresponsible. Maybe it's because he's got a cute button mm. in the intro video. Freudian! Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. I'd do him. So nice. Matt brought it to us twice. It, <laughs> yes. Uh, thank you for that amazing segue, Bill. If you are a longtime listener, you will remember back on January 26th, 2018, pre-pandemic, but middle of the world being shit still. <laughs> where uh, where we brought on Matt uh, as part of our Patreon at patreon.com slash Japanese, and he joined us for an episode of an anime of his choice, and he brought on the irresponsible Captain Tyler. And uh, oh, it's, just, it's just such an easier, simpler time when we were just kind of getting to know Matt on the, on the <laughs> mics and, uh, and having a really great time talking about this show. So if you've already heard that episode... Or if you haven't, you want to go back and listen to our first impressions, you can go do that, and then we'll give our seconds. We'll be back for seconds today. That makes it sound like it's hard to get to, after you got to do Matt, it being be hard. <laughs> Was that the uh, inaugural Tuning In episode? The prototype? Yeah, a prototype yeah. for our Tuning In series, which is at patreon.com slash Japanese, where you can listen to our first impressions of anime. Yes. 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 Of which... I have things to say about anime because I've actually been watching modern anime recently, but I'm we we're already kind of just rambling in this intro, so I'm going to wait till episode two, next episode, to talk to you. I want to talk to you about Chainsaw Man a little bit before we get into uh, our next episode or the beginning of our next episode. So that's our little teaser uh, to tune in next week for that episode. But, 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 it's Matt's pick. And what we do here on Tuning Japanese when we start a brand new anime is we talk about... Some background information on that show, and I'm going to bring that to you right now. A little bit of information. Of course, uh, the title of the show is The Irresponsible Captain Tyler, or Musakinen Kancho Taira, I believe, or something close to that. The Irresponsible Captain Tyler, uh, I believe, and you can correct me if I'm wrong in this, Matt, began its life as a light novel before it became an anime. Truth. Light novel, I think, was released in 1989. Was kind of uh, its original run when its original run started, and it was then adapted into an animated show on January 25th, 1993, and ran until July 19th, 1993. So this is a 90s anime. Let the good times return. My bread and butter. I love me some 90s anime. Get ready for some cringy, didn't age well moments. 
Yeah, this definitely feels like a 90s anime in a lot of ways. Not in a bad way. Uh, well, sometimes in a bad way, <laughs> but, mo- but mostly in a good way. That's what I was getting at. Unless yes. you love it as much as I do and, like, basically forgive all its flaws. That's fair. I'm, I'm just saying it's 90s. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. I'm, I, I haven't even watched that more that much. I just expect it to be coming. Oh, my. Oh, my. <laughs> There, there are a number of other light novels, I believe in OVA as well. Yes. In 94 through 96. And then there was a manga, which wasn't in my understanding until 2001. I believe that followed like the exploits of uh, his children, mostly. Okay, spoiler. <laughs> he, we know he, he gets, gets laid. laid. <laughs> <laughs> well, at this point in this episode... I would be shocked if he ever got laid. Yeah, so a lot, uh, actually quite a bit of media surrounding Captain Tyler, which is interesting because when Matt brought this to our show back in 2018, I had never heard of Captain Tyler. Yeah, nothing I've ever heard of. I'm not surprised. Bit more about Captain Tyler. It was produced by, I believe, VAP, Big West, King Records, Media Rings, and TV Satoshi. It was done by... Tatsunoko Production as well. Oh, yeah, one of the most famous anima- companies in Japan for animation. Traditional 26-episode anime. So we're, we're back to our regular format here after Fooly Cooly of watching six episodes for season eight. So we're going <laughs> to be in it for the long haul here yet again. Next time, I've already picked my show. It's going to be seven episodes. Oh, okay. That's, that's, that's a clue right there. Yeah. I'm going to uh, do what I normally do next, and uh, I would like you to guess, uh, without cheating, what score you think this got on my anime list, as well as on IMDb. I'm guessing my anime list is probably higher, Okay. Uh, simply because anime people would know it, and it, it obviously had uh, had a following. Maybe uh, in the IMDb, probably middle, because it's not well known. Let's go seven and five. Seven and then a five. Okay. What do you think, Matt? Uh, I'm hoping it's higher, but I want to say 7.9. So Bill was correct in that one was higher than the other, but it wasn't as dramatic as a seven and a five. According to my anime list, uh, the user rating right now is 7.86. And then on IMDb, it's running at a 7.7. So pretty close, both of those. Uh, that puts it, by the way... Uh, as far as my anime list goes, our, the shows that we've watched, Gurren Lagann is still ahead at 8.65. One Punch Man is next at 8.53. Evangelion at 8.3. Trigon at 8.23. Then it just literally, barely, by one one-hundredth of a point, uh, is above Gungrave, which is uh, 7.85 instead of a 7.86. Then Wolf's Reign at 7.82. And Excel Saga, poor Excel Saga. At 7.5. That also puts it on IMDb. Actually, that puts it under Gungrave and above Excel Saga. Okay. Yeah. I I expect our final rankings will put it higher. I'm curious to see when we talk about our rankings, when we get to the end of all 26 episodes, where this is going to go and uh, how it relates. I know on Matt, I think Matt's already kind of alluded, unless his perception changes from our discussion, which, by the way historically has happened in the past where we've come in yes. really, really high uh, on a particular anime and then left going, holy shit, this was not as good as I remember. I would be really shocked if that happened to Matt, but who knows? We are going to dive deep. Yeah. I'd feel bad if that happened to Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I also would. I was just going to say that I had like a stupid grin on my face for this entire first episode. So Fair enough. A couple of notable voice actors I'll mention now instead of in the episode. Uh, Crispin Freeman who you might know uh, from a number of different anime, uh, is our voice for Captain Justy Ueki Tyler. Uh-huh. Whose name basically is supposed to sound like Just Awake Tyler. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh. okay. That, that makes sense. That makes sense. I thought it seemed kind of weird. I figured there was something going on. I wasn't yeah. catching. And he's actually based on a character from a 60s movie called Japan's Irresponsible Age. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, another important voice actor who you might know is Lisa Ortiz, who plays Princess Azalyn, who's introduced in this opening episode as well. We would know her best, probably, on uh, this particular anime as Deedlet from The Record of Lotus War. Uh, also played Lena Inverse. If Josh was here, he would be having a seizure. <laughs> They're not as fun as they look. 
I'll have one for him. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. God. Uh, See? Right. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're not, they're definitely not. Um, I love so, Lean Inverse. That's fair. So that's just a quick background. <laughs> I hate I seizures. <laughs> I hate seizures and uh, love Lean Inverse. All right. So that's... And I'm all out of gum. That's all. I mean, I could talk. I'll go a little bit deeper into some of this stuff. I think we want to get into our review. So, Matt, I'm going to jump to you. The question that we always ask at the beginning of a season. Why are you making this particular choice here for the irresponsible Captain Tyler? I have chosen this show simply because I want to share it with everybody. It's a good reason. You're a giving a giving soul. <laughs> Certainly. Plus, I'm on this one Facebook group, and I think I might be able to use it to pull in some listeners. <laughs> well, if you're listening right now because you are on the Facebook group for the Irresponsible Captain Tyler, welcome. We're glad to have you here, and I hope oh, you yeah. enjoy our show. That's right. I actually have one of those specifically for Tyler as well. So, Okay. Well, we weren't talking about that group, but if you're listening from the other group... Welcome aboard. We appreciate you. Uh, go back and listen to our other reviews, things like Excel Saga and Trigun, One Punch Man's on there, all kinds of great stuff. <laughs> by the way, if you're brand new, we do this by uh, episode by episode. This is not a we recap of the entire series. We're going to go episode by episode in one of the most granular fashions. <laughs> that is kind of the, the, the point of our show is to really dig deep and talk about the different things that are happening. To ruin uh, things by talking sense. about them too much. Ruin things by talking about them too much. That's how I felt. Get your scuba gear, because we're going on a deep dive. We're on a deep, <laughs> deep dive. And this is a weird one. I'm excited. This is uh, Matt's episode. woo Matt, this is our second time talking about this. Take it away. The beginning of this first episode of The Irresponsible Captain Tyler drops a great big nostalgia bomb on me, because, you know, I really do miss the days of anglicizing the OPs for English dubs. I actually have always really enjoyed how they've turned out. So, looking at this introduction, it is uh, it is it is an interesting intro <laughs> video to go along with the music. <laughs> There's a lot happening here. Yes. My favorite part might be what do you call that, Bill? I think we talked about this in a past episode where they take like a real person and then they kind of like cartoon them. Oh, rotoscoping? Rot yeah, is that a rotoscope, like, woman just, like, like really just going to town, like, listen to the theme song? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of hard for me to spot in, in anime. Like, Western animation, I know, but I can't really tell you. She's, she's fucking grooving to this song, and I kind of agree. I, I think this theme song is a banger. It is not a bad theme song at all. That's probably the highest praise we'll get from Bill. Better than that. Well, no, I, there's some I really love, but... Uh, it's better than average, let's put it that way. The song is Just Think of Tomorrow by Marie Sasaki, who is the woman in it, s singing and dancing along. Nice! Okay, that's really cool, I like that. Is this a Japanese performer singing in, in, in English here? No. Okay, so the, the original was done in yes, Japanese, right? The original. The original theme, and then yes. this is a brand new version. And yeah, unfortunately I have, I do not know the name of the, uh, English singer for it, but I enjoy their work. That's fair. I see what you're saying. Yeah, that that's probably rotoscoping. Okay. If not just some weird filter on a actual footage, maybe? Yeah, it could be that. It is what it is. Check it out. Decide for yourself, because... Yeah, I don't I don't know really call that specific style. The episode then begins. Tell tell us what tell us what's going on. We we get our title card, which is episode one of 26 of this series, The Mysterious Irresponsible Man. And the screen already reads error. It flashes error, and uh, starting next episode, it'll have a nice little beep, 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 beep added to it. Okay. And hey, let's go ahead and meet that mysterious irresponsible man. A man eats ramen in the rain while a recruitment ad for the military hosted by a pretty young girl plays on Frank's 2,000-inch TV. <laughs> I was, uh, this is really funny because I did a lesson last week in my film studies class that I'm teaching this semester. My, my take is essentially nothing really good came out in the 1940s aside from some Disney movies and Casablanca. One of the things we, talk, we spent most of our time talking about the 40s was it was the advent really of uh, propaganda in film for World War II. And yep. uh, this just brings me right to the whole, like, <laughs> propaganda films going on here in, in this weird... Is this supposed to be Japan, by the way? No. 
Okay, cool. Um, in this, this futuristic city of whatever it is, it's heavy propaganda. Well, I mean, it's no different from the ones we see on TV these days, or even in the time this came out, really, I don't think. I don't know. I was just pointing out. Reminds me of the 1940s propaganda films. This mysterious man smiles at the young woman on screen as if she's speaking directly to him. And even when a speeding bus knocks him down with its passing, he's still smiling as the words, We're waiting, (laughs) echo across the wet concrete jungle. Ooh, it's very Blade Runner, isn't it? It is. I actually kind of thought that, especially when Andrew started talking about uh, film studies. I was like, oh, yeah, Blade Runner. Yep, I can see some influence here. Why isn't ice skating called Blade Running? (laughs) I don't know, but I really wish it was. Suddenly, there's an explosion in space, which precludes a debriefing by the United Planets Space Force Chief of Staff, Fuji. Played by... Ross Cherup. Ross Cherup. I'm going to be Josh in this episode. Don't mind me. I <laughs> <laughs> mean, I got to make you cry. That's fine. <laughs> Tear- tears are healthy. Susumu Fuji. Admiral Susumu Fuji. On the Ralgon Empire and their current political climate, and his belief that a war is winnable. Ralgon, take me away. <laughs> <laughs> Admiral Mifune disagrees and claims that victory is not assured should the war last beyond one year. And I believe this is inspired by real-life Japanese admiral Isoroku Yamamoto, who said on the cusp of World War II, In the first six to twelve months of a war with the United States and Great Britain, I will run wild and win victory upon victory. But then, if the war continues after that, I have no expectations of success. (laughs) That's a great quote. (laughs) I believe this is also the uh, guy who famously said that he feared they had awakened a sleeping giant. Oh, yes, after Pearl Harbor. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Seshu Mifune was played by Robert O'Gorman, by the way. We get these two kind of at each other's throats throughout this episode. Yeah, like political rivals forced to work together or something. Yeah, something along those lines. I understand that episode one of an anime is meant to, like, kind of establish... Kind of like the world and the setting. And this episode establishes the shit out of it. It It really does. And I think sometimes to its detriment, I think there's like too much going on. And it's very heavy in this first episode. I certainly don't care a lot about the the political side of things. Yeah, I don't have a stake in it yet. Yeah. So it's it's hard to like throw throw it at us at the beginning here. I'm not saying it's a bad thing to get this background, but like it is, it definitely dragged the episode quite a bit. In, okay. in, in this in this early point, for at least for me, and at least some of it's probably me because I like I just don't care. I'm like, where is the giant robots attacking each other? <laughs> I get it, but I'm happy being able to meet the characters in this mm-hmm. manner. Yeah. Anyway, we go from the arguments of Mifune and Fuji to the Ralgon Empire, where the newly crowned Empress Goza the Sixteenth is advised by her Prime Minister, Wang, totally not an evil guy, (laughs) that her only course of action following the death of her father at the hands, he claims, of the United Planets Space Force, is war. Prime Minister Naku Ra Wang, played by Nathan Price. Yeah, he definitely has the evil face. Ra Wang? Ra Wang. He's Ra 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 Wang. (laughs) (laughs) R-A, by the way, so... Rawing. <laughs> so, question: Are the are these are just these are just space elves, right? Uh, space elves with sort of an Arabic spin, kinda. Yeah, like some of the the dress. I'm pretty sure I said that in our our beginning was like Arabic space elves, or Islamic space elves. Yeah. Yes, I do believe that's what we settled on. It definitely helps to have Lisa Ortiz here and just to have like an elf character and just, just kind of be reminded of Deedlet. It's actually kind of soothing. I like it. I love me some Deedlet. I feel like it's going to be awkward later. later. <laughs> <laughs> it might. I'm not just waiting for Parn to show up. Space Parn. <laughs> is that what Captain Tyler is? Oh my God. Is Captain Tyler just Space Parn? He's like a hapless dude. That's like, I'm going to fight and I'm going to win. But, like, he doesn't really know anything, and then later he's going to get better? 
I don't know if Kevin Tyler's ever going to get better. Like, but, but like, <laughs> and Parton wasn't totally hapless. He just Parton kills a dragon or something. Like, yeah, yeah, pretty cool, awesome. I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tyler may get better, but as of now, he's only just arrived at the recruitment office. We get like a long, drawn out scene with the with, with like the space force and, and space deedlet. Yeah, but the basic thing we come away with it from is that Wang has convinced Raw her that she needs raw that that yeah like war is probably their only always option. funny <laughs> yes that is that's is what we take away from this i love this next scene at the recruitment office i think it goes on just a tiny bit too long but i love it because it establishes everything we need to know about this guy tyler at the official headquarters of tomatoes yes yes the tomatoes <laughs> they're back <laughs> yes, to those who haven't seen it, the United Planets Space Force has a symbol on their flag, which basically looks like a giant tomato, big red with a green sort of star cross at the top of it. I mean, it's essentially a Japanese flag with yes. a green yeah. chevron on it. I like it, though. I like that it looks like a tomato. It just adds to the goofiness of this this whole <laughs> thing. Tyler is claiming he wants to join up for an easy life. And then he proceeds to list some of the basic perks of joining the military to the incredulous looks of the recruitment officer. What does he keep calling him? Oh, he keeps calling him Your Excellency. That's it. Okay. I couldn't remember what it was. <laughs> really laying it on thick with this guy. Is he laying it on thick or is he just oblivious? I think he's laying it on thick. That's a good question, though, because, like, I think he is, too. But he also does come across as, like, kind of an idiot. Ah, but perhaps that is his secret. His secret power. <laughs> Maybe. I guess we'll see. Among other things, he declares that, hey, he'll get free room and board, and afterwards, with the training he's received, that'll help him get any job he wants. What could be better, right? I mean, I don't think that's entirely wrong. People join the military for... No, it's not. That is exactly yeah. what you can... It says exactly some of the things you can expect. As long as you don't, you know, get <laughs> disarmably discharged or something, probably. Is this anime gonna turn out to be like a like an allegory for for like for like military service? Kind of showing us the the, the hardships and the and the downfalls of like Or it's a propaganda trying to get you to join the military. <laughs> Maybe. His excellency, the recruitment officer, uh, is kind of asserting that Tyler hasn't fully considered the implications of joining the military. And so he proceeds to tell him, you know, you could die and <laughs> Tyler's response is he starts to look tired. Yeah. That, that's pretty bad when the recruiter is, like, trying to talk you down. <laughs> yeah. You're so, you're so enthusiastic. Who's doing better work here, Tyler? Or this guy who was like, no, dude, don't, you, don't join the military. It sucks. Yeah. He's a terrible recruiter. That's like the abortion doctor being like, whoa, no, sure, you know what, kids? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, I, that's an apt comparison, <laughs> so, I suppose. Yeah, pretty apt. Now, Tyler just wants this over and done with, so I think he feels his only recourse is to sweet-talk this guy. Yes. So he, makes he concocts outlandish statement. Yeah, he, he concocts an elaborate what-if story that couldn't possibly come true. I thought that. I'm like, oh yeah, we're, this, is, uh, this is just laying out the entirety of the show in the first episode, huh? <laughs> yeah. Hey, somehow it apparently works. And we end with His Excellency thinking to himself, oh, I better skip the TV appearances. Yes, and for for those that haven't seen the episode, just to elaborate a little bit here, he says, uh, I want you to know that when I become a famous, you know, pilot, captain, whatever, right? Admiral. Like, oh, admiral, that I will write my memoirs and it'll be uh, directed to you in the opening. Wild. Absolutely wild. He bullshits so hard he goes Super Saiyan in this scene. Yeah, he does. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. Everybody reads those uh, dedications in the front of books, right? I do. You would. Because <laughs> they sometimes can reveal something interesting about an author. True. One of my favorite parts of all time has been when Tyler is like, all your food is free! And he points <laughs> to the sky and a blue energy wave surrounds him. That's what I meant. Yeah, he, <laughs> he bullshits so hard he goes super saiyan. <laughs> exactly. I've always loved that part. Hey, Matt, huh? Mifune is going to, like, cut the, cut a bitch. 
Yeah. <laughs> Fuji and Mifune are still are arguing during a, a strategy session, and Fuji just totally insults the hell out of Mifune, who has his sword almost drawn. In a V... Why does he have his sword in the VR chamber? So you can play Beat Saber, I guess? Could be. <laughs> Could be. If we're gonna get specific, it's... It's just because old Japanese officers always had their katanas with them during in the past. But this isn't Japan, right? But he's Japanese. Okay, fair, fair. This could actually be Japan, but it's like such a future that it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really play yeah. in anything anyway. Yeah. That's fair. So, could be... Sometimes you gotta cut a bitch. Sometimes you gotta ginsu you gotta some sucker. With this magical ginsu sword! <laughs> See? Always ready to cut a bitch. Oh my god. Jesus Christ, Bill. For for the audio listeners, he just brandished (laughs) a knife at us through the computer. (laughs) Hey, let's talk about um, Viking elves. These are elves with Vikings. Viking elves now, huh? Yes. Yes. They have like horn hats. I mean, some of them have horn hats. I still think they look more Arabic than. A couple of them have horn hats. It's true. Vikings didn't actually have horn helmets, so. That dastardly wacky wang, raw wang, has that dastardly wacky raw wang <laughs> has apparently managed to fully convince the empress that war is the only answer. So she finally declares officially that they're at war with the UPSF in the name of revenge for their fallen emperor, her father, whom they don't know UPSF had anything to do with his death. But hey, if you want to spurn your people towards war, it's a pretty good way to do it. Early prediction. I've only watched the first episode. Oh. I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess he got winged to death. <laughs> I don't. I'm not gonna tell you if you're right or not. Uh, so you can tell that. That's, uh, that's fine. I, that's fair. You. you I just want to say winged to death. Really. That's fair. Wang, <laughs> we could tell Wang is the one who's trying to pull the strings here. Like she's yep. she's a new leader. She's vulnerable. She's sad about the death of her parents, and they're gonna use her emotions to like get what they want. And what they want is they want to go to war. Typical sort of evil Grand Vizier activity. Yes, there's some Jafar shit going on. Some Jafar crap. If you gotta pull a string, you better wait to raw wing. <laughs> that was a vagina joke, Andrew. Yeah. I got it. <laughs> oh, did you? Not, not... Stop. <laughs> did you? Uh, but there's uh, one young man who doesn't seem happy about this at all. He's a young man with long red hair, cascading lusciously over one eye. Space Deflight. <laughs> he curses Wang for lighting the fires of vengeance in the heart of the Empress to gain control of their forces. Space Neflight. Space Neflight! Oh my god, it is! <laughs> I don't know what that is, so... One of the generals from Sailor Moon. Yes. Uh... It is definitely, he definitely looks a lot like Nephrite. He's He's got the Sailor Moon going on. It's great. I'm here <laughs> for it. I, right. I, 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 he's kind of my favorite character right now. Okay, cool. <laughs> we get a nice close-up shot of Wang looking all. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Things you go in my. You get a way. nice close up of Raw Wang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. nice close up of Raw. I'm, just, stop making me do that. <laughs> I'm, I'm, me I'm just gonna stop doing that. Let's call him Wang. This redheaded man we'll be introduced to later. Uh, is yes. like officially introduced oh. to is uh, voiced by Josh Mosby. Yes, uh, maybe maybe related to no the guy from How I Met Your Mother. No, yes, with uh, <laughs> no Ted Mosby. <laughs> So Wang has a, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, <laughs> smug, smug, <laughs> self-satisfied. Wang Wang has a smug, self-satisfied look on his face, and the em- love a good and smug Wang. <laughs> and em- the Empress raises her staff into the air as if to summon the break card. <gasps> the break card, we're here. Holy season nine, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Andy, and you have made it into the break card, our favorite little in-between spot in our episodes where we talk about all the ways in which you can support us. Thank you so very much for making it through to season nine. If you are one of our longtime listeners, thanks for sticking with us. If you are new to the show, welcome aboard. I hope you are enjoying our review of the first episode of The Irresponsible Captain Tyler. We've got all kinds of great other content that you can go back and find. We started this show many, many years ago. I believe 2016, if my 
memory is working correctly with our review of Excel Saga. We've talked about Trigun. We've talked about Gurren Lagan. We've talked about Evangelion. There's all kinds of stuff that you can go find on our feed. You can head to tuningjapanese.com or search for Tuning Japanese wherever you are listening to this show right now and go all the way back and listen to our early episodes. And hopefully if you like the show, you'll subscribe and leave us a five-star rating and review wherever it is that you listen to this show. We also have a Patreon at patreon.com slash tuningjapanese. And for those of you who are brand new, we've got all kinds of bonus content. We've got over 50 bonus episodes on our Patreon. And we have a bonus series up called Tuning In, where Bill, Matt, and I watch the first episode of an anime and we give our first impressions of it. There are some episodes of Tuning In on our main feed. You can listen to those, and if you like that, and you just generally want to support us, a small little podcast just trying to do its damnedest, again, you can head to patreon.com slash tuningjapanese. Let us know what you think of the show. Send us an email, tuningjapanese at gmail.com. Find us on our social medias. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter at Tuning Japanese. And yeah, we would love to talk to you. So get in touch. Let us know what you think of this episode. Let us know if you love the irresponsible Captain Tyler. We're going to get back into our review of the second half of this episode. Hope you're having a fantastic, wonderful day. And we hope you come back for the next episode. We're back from the break card. And that break card for this show is made up of a very fast look at the entire, almost the entire future cast of the series. If you don't like spoilers, close your eyes. Including one particular favorite that we'll not mention here, but we'll save for later. Can we start calling the break, the break card a wing break? No. Ooh, I might, I might consider that. Why? <laughs> Can you can you break one of those or does he just bend it all at a shape? Yes, you can. <laughs> I don't know if you can I, experience, but you can. Yeah, I listen to a, a podcast called Risk where people just tell these fucked up stories of their life. You can apparently. Apparently, it makes a noise too. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we're back to the episode. <laughs> uh, it turns me to and a then... puppet. Stop. <laughs> and then my hootie who looked up at me and it went. I didn't even know my hootie who could make a noise. There's <laughs> <laughs> a little of the comedian Rondell Sheridan for you. Holy fuck. <laughs> oh, <sighs> we pick up with the Empress being left alone in a hallway. Yeah, she needs her time to cry about her parents. Her dead parents. This is just like Batman. <laughs> exactly. Just like Batman. Newly appointed ruler of an empire, wielder of great power, still sitting alone, crying. Until she realizes she's being watched by the young man from earlier. Yes, our friend Space Nephlite. <laughs> Rubarabadam is how he will introduce himself in a moment. First, though, she's kind of embarrassed about being found crying alone in the hallway, so she demands that he strike the moment from his memory. But he's a cool, pretty nice guy, apparently, so it seems so far. He tells her there's no shame in shedding tears. He does a nice job of trying to build her up, I think. He's one of those rare things in the 90s where uh, someone actually acknowledges mental health. Indeed. Yes. If he turns out to be a bad guy, that's going to be terrible. He's got the red hair. He's got the nephrite, the nephrite hair. He's going to be a bad guy. Like, there's no, there's no, there's no guess about that. He's going to be, for sure. I don't know that for sure, but I'm guessing for sure. Yeah. So that, that would uh, totally invert the... Oh, yeah, okay. Actual, so, the actual good message. That's fair. That's fair. It's the 90s. Mental health didn't exist. Yep. Later on, he'll be and like, ha ha! If you acknowledge it, you're a bad guy. It's true. He, Rubarabadam, as mentioned, is a captain in her space force. Captain of the space cruiser Durome in the 66th detached fleet, I believe, of something or other. <laughs> is his name supposed to sound like Rhubarb? I, I caught that. I thought that, too. Okay. Could be? I don't know what the point of that would be. Are, 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 are rhubarbs that color? They're red. They're red. He's a dominant rhubarb. Don't Google that. Keep safe searching. <laughs> I think there's potential for that, honestly. <laughs> there's a potato for that. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> you know what happened with a rhubarb do uh, dom day uh, potato, didn't you? Nope. Got right in his eye. Oh. <laughs> 
he's being very frank with her and she's kind of she kind of takes acts like she's taking offense to his uh the familiarity in which he's speaking to her but she says at the end that she'll remember his name just before she leaves so i think she was happy that he came there to give her that little pep talk yes and nothing bad could come of this nothing nothing at all then an admiral lowenauer arrives and he has a mission for Dom. And that's where we get our first look at the Raugon ships. They are these cool, kind of insectoid, biomechanical, more likely grown than built, very cool looking spaceships. They're polyps. <laughs> flying polyps. Gross. <laughs> yeah, Bill, you're right. They are flying polyps. I don't like it. You know, for one brief moment, there was some romanticism going on here. <laughs> <laughs> have you met Bill? <laughs> <sighs> I should have expected no less. Yeah. Speaking of cool technology, though, Ooh. Uh, Tyler has been getting put through the ringer right now. Yeah, the G-forces! The G-forces! Oh, that's all I can stand. I can't stand no more. <laughs> he, he does a great he, thing where, like, he comes out and his, like, shoulder strap is down. And he, like, does, yeah. like, the 90-degree neck turn. <laughs> it's really great. Back, back in normal gravity, his body just almost drops. <laughs> and then well, the thing that Bill dubbed from last time, the fucking Pokemon vagina. <laughs> yep. Oh, right. Yes. <laughs> after the, after the G-Forces test, Tyler is put in on a platform in the middle of a massive room. There's a chair on the platform and some, something hanging above it. And the whole setup remind, made me think of the X-Men's Cerebro. There's also a cross behind it. Was there? Oh. Yeah, you're there's right. The, there's a, there's a, I was like, great. More Evangelion. I know. I was like, Evangelion <laughs> confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it's related to Excel because it's a cross. Da, 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 da. That's your Excel reference for season nine, episode one. So this is like a big AI machine of sorts. Yes. It's like a VR machine. Yeah, that's what I meant. Sorry. VR is what I meant. Yeah, this uh, this contraption just slams down onto Tyler's head. Or as I put it in my notes, this virtual reality rig for testing new recruits lands on Tyler, and it looks like he's got his head shoved up Black Manta's helmet. Pokemon vagina. It's 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 a tentacruel's <laughs> vagina, is what it is. Yep. <laughs> That's a bit odd, isn't it? It is a bit odd. No, it's... It's not. It's not? The, well, it's coming next is a bit odd. That's true. Comparatively, this next part is pretty odd. One thing I want to point out, I do not like the art... Well, a part of the art. Yeah. The uh, the women all seem to have that little black line, like, below beauty their mark. lips. No, 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 not the beauty mark. There's, like, a cleft. Oh. But it's not where a real cleft is. Like, right below the lips, between the lips and the chin, there's, like, a... I don't know. They all have it. That looks weird. Yeah, it's a, it, that's a weird art choice. I agree with that. All of them? I don't like it either. Well, maybe not all of them, but certain, but more than one of them. Let's put it that way. This I this AI included. Uh, yeah, the Empress doesn't have one. I don't know. Maybe it's an age. Look, she's an elf. Or the, thing. the human elf. Yeah, the human. fair. Because the elf, recruitment girl elf. had it. The recruitment yes. girl in the beginning had it too. Uh, his arms are put in these glove things for that 100% pure interactive experience. I guess. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Initially, an unattractive, at least a Tyler officer, appears to ask him some questions. But he quickly takes issues with Tyler's complaints. Like, why do I have to be stuck here listening to some ugly guy? <laughs> <laughs> and the officer is quickly replaced by an artificially intelligent female construct. And now, now, folks, Tyler is into it. <laughs> yeah, I, this right is going to be part of my rant next week when we talk about uh, Chainsaw Man. But, uh, mm. whew, yeah, here we go. While she uh, starts to instruct him in the purpose of the testing, he does his best to make things more personal by giving her a name. Betty. <laughs> and from there, he straight up flirts with the AI, which responds in a way she's unlikely to have been programmed for. Well, somebody programmed them dim titties, so... 
like <laughs> some weird science there or something. Yeah, somebody yeah, took mean, it, he, somebody took into yeah. account all possibilities of where the eyes of the applicant may roam. And over overstimulated it. <laughs> yes, Tyler's flirting causes a sort of sh- massive short circuit in the AI system, which infects the other computers at headquarters. But it does give. I do like the scene uh, that it leads to with Fu- Fuji and Mifune arguing, and their their argument is interspersed by lines from Betty, but they don't realize it until they notice hearts f- floating across the screen. Were they were they just so wrapped up in their own argument they just weren't paying attention to it, or like did yeah. they hear a line and they're like, "Why did you say that to me?" Like thinking the AI was the other person. No, I just assumed they were arguing with each other. Okay, okay, is that the same thing? And ignoring her. No, those are two different. Those are two very different things. So like I yeah no one of them would say something and then Betty would say something and the other one would think that that's what the other person said. Yeah, that's what I kind of thought, but I wasn't sure. Yeah, and I don't know. This this is not the first place I've seen this sort of comedic uh, back and forth. Oh, it's it's a classic thing. Also, being a classic, it's that moment too where Tyler is like, "Oh, let me just take off your glasses. Gosh, you look so much more pretty now." You were obviously ugly before. He didn't say that, but like that's an implication, right? Of those. No, he said you looked you looked good before, but okay, yeah. you looked but pretty now. beautiful. Now you're beautiful with those glasses <laughs> off. Thank goodness she didn't have her hair in a bun, so she could <laughs> let it down. Yes, what a fucking weird anime. <laughs> yeah, we're assuming it seems like he has literally awakened this AI to having real emotions. With his antics. And her, and her sexuality. The power of thirst woke up the entire computer system. <laughs> I'm, not gonna say it, I'm not going to say it's not possible. <laughs> she starts tickling him back at one point, too. Which like Chris yeah, she, naturally, these are new feelings. She doesn't know if, is this love that she's feeling? Is, is this love that she's feeling? Is this love that's been keeping me up all night? Is this the love that she's been searching for? Is this love? I was going White Snake, but oh, <laughs> I, was, I was going Survivor. <laughs> I was doing uh, Saturday Night Live. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know how to answer these questions naturally. It, it doesn't matter. She decides to tickle him, which of course means he has to do it. He tick- he's basically tickling himself with the uh, gloves he's wearing that are attached to the AI system. Eventually, she orgasms. Yeah, yes. after he decides, which... to, okay, I've had enough of that. Here, how about you? You try, and he starts. Poking and prodding. Uh, yeah, he's like poking her sensitive areas or something. Which proves too much for Betty, and she has an explosive cyber orgasm, followed by an actual cyborgasm. <laughs> cyborgasm. We're treading on getting sued by. Yeah, like, we probably shouldn't use that <laughs> one. Never mind. Uh, oh, yeah. That's a trademark. That's a trademark. <laughs> the rig explodes. And then from her voice comes from the now broken AI. Uh, whatever Bill called it, gross, don't say it again. <laughs> and she declares him the enemy of all women. No, wait, all mankind. It's fucking wild. Maybe she had a nut and a bolt. <laughs> <laughs> Been there before. All right. <laughs> wow. This sort of effect Tyler can have is uh, going to be important uh, at a later date. <laughs> Can we no. have an anime, please? No. Where the main character is not just like, with the power of my sex, I can conquer all. Can we just not? Can we just. One Punch Man. Okay, there we go. I think it's important to make a distinction here. I do believe it's Tyler's personality that has caused this effect. I thought it was his fingers. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. I. He has no problem treating a virtual construct, an artificial intelligence, as a real person, even if we may take issue with the... uh, The activities? The activities involved (laughs) in it. But something in in the fact that he is doing this has caused an evolution in this artificial intelligence. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I mean, you're not, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. That is correct. You're not wrong. Just, just, just I don't know. It's I, You're correct that this is a thing that has happened, but also it is coded in 
this sort of like overly tropey comedic sort of way that like I think undercuts any seriousness, but hopefully it might allude to something later if that is the case and not just a weird one-off where I'm just like, mm, that's a weird pilot choice for the pilot, you know? <laughs> Captain, not a pilot. Stop it. <laughs> I very much think it is going to be uh, integrated as a way to flesh out Tyler's character. Are we going to flesh out Raw Wang too? <laughs> Every day. <laughs> well, maybe once a week if we're lucky. <laughs> oh my God. Back to the events of the episode, though. Back, please, back to the events of the episode. <laughs> the power goes out, and then the backups kick in, and they discover that there's a Raugon ship that has broken through their defenses. Yeah. Oops! <laughs> Bill, I'm proud of you for not saying railgun the entire episode. We got the end. <laughs> didn't even say railgun rail once. Yeah. They're, they're blaming it all on the railgun empire. Yeah. yeah. And uh, there's this there's this really comical scene. I think it's coming up right after this, or maybe yes, right after this, where even yeah. like they run into Tyler and they're like, "The EI was 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 compromised," and he's like, "Oh, weird." <laughs> <laughs> Very Vash the Stampede moment. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. So uh, they send a uh, an interceptor fleet, I think it is, out to check on the ship, which is of course it's captained by Dome. This is the mission that he was given earlier in the episode. Exactly what the mission is, we don't know. Because they were apparently discovered, or maybe it was just there to test their uh, ability to be discovered. Something like that. Anyway, uh, he's informed by one of his men that they've been spotted, and he takes this time to lament that the universe is far too beautiful to be sullied by the blood of... And he pauses here, as if he's reconsidering his next words. And he continues by saying, the blood of the United Planets Space Force. I'm thinking his initial thought was something, something more inclusive. Like, too beautiful to be sullied by the blood of sentient beings, perhaps. Something like that. Freedom is the right of all sentient beings. <laughs> Indeed. Wrong, Indeed. Wrong Frank. <laughs> and now, yes, headquarters is in chaos. There are soldiers running everywhere. And then Tyler's doing his best to go unnoticed, I think. <laughs> when he runs into the recruitment officer from earlier, His Excellency, who can't believe Tyler is still alive. He's got gun drawn. He's ready yep. to fight the Ralgun army. Sticks that gun right in up Tyler's nose. <laughs> and tells Tyler about the supposed Ralgun infiltration. And I like the quote where he's like, how's he put it? A war's just starting. You, th you think we care about aptitude now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All we care about is getting people to join. Getting, our, getting numbers in there. So, hey, you're in. Just sign the form on my desk and you're all taken care of. Absolutely. Then he runs off to catch the spy. I'm really... He runs off to kill the spy. Kill the spy, yes. Oh, kill means some spy. <laughs> <laughs> and while he's off screen, he says, Hey, Tyler, don't forget to write those memoirs. And Tyler says, Hey, you know what? Just leave this war to me. Then he gets that goofy look on his face. I do wonder if this is going to be a... Uh, what kind of analysis of, like, war and... and the military this will be like if there's going to be a lot of that because like something like well war's on we don't care about aptitude seems kind of like a biting commentary yeah i thought the same thing hmm yeah i picked up on that the, those vibes too bill that like mm. there's a poking at uh the system yeah which which system government run military any yep. anyone's hmm how so Go government military doesn't give a shit about the people that fight the fight for them and Captain Tyler. Tyler is Tyler is a character who is kind of like the the sort of like I'm down on my luck. I have nothing to my name. I'm going to join the military, not knowing how bad it could potentially be. Thus, falling for propaganda and other things, and needing a way to like just survive. And then finding that war is not everything that it's you know cracked up to be. Now you're assuming that life has some influence on Tyler's decisions. Right. I mean, again, I've only seen the very first episode. <laughs> I can see it going that direction, and that makes some sense. Maybe maybe it doesn't, but I can see a universe where this anime is is a scathing indictment of military life. And, and, and it's true that what you said about the military not caring about the individual, but the military will care about the number of bodies they can throw at the enemy. 
Right, exactly, and that was and that's part of the, part, part of, of the criticism. Yep. Yes, but you changed it up a little bit into focusing on an individual. So I want to make it clear that I don't know. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Individuals in power are no different than the the governing body that governing bodies that they represent in the name of war. When we're talking about higher ups, in my mind. Mm. And, and maybe we're totally wrong, and it just it doesn't go there at all. But we'll find out. Because <laughs> that's the end of this episode. Yes, the the last thing we hear for the episode is actually the uh, we're waiting from the recruitment ad echoing. Oh, yeah. Just a reminder, right? Yep. Just a reminder of the propaganda machine. That doesn't Just end. before the credits roll. And don't look, it's all the characters we can expect to see. Downtown Dance. Originally by the uh, same performer that I mentioned earlier. But yeah, that is their episode one. That was the part of the show where we talk about our thoughts on the episode overall. Matt! It is yours, so lay it on us, friend. What do you think of episode one? Show good. Like show. We'll watch show. <laughs> Have watched show many times. We'll continue to watch show. Nothing 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 bad to say about show. Show is good. Show show is pretty good. I like I like the show. Uh I'm I'm still pretty high on it, generally speaking. Listening back to our review of the first episode in twenty eighteen, I'm not as jazz as I was in 2018 on our first watch. I think that's because, I don't know, maybe in my 40s, I'm, I'm looking for <laughs> uh, depth in my media more than, that, more than I used to. I'm hoping that Bill's assertion that this, there is some room for a critique of governments and the military system to like be maybe like a part of the story that's being told. And maybe it won't be, but I uh, I need laughs, but I also need uh, something something to 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 kind of ground it all in. I'm hopeful. I have spoiler watched a little bit ahead than just this first episode, um, and I'm interested to talk about episode two in particular. But I think it's an interesting opening episode to establish characters in the world. Show good so far. It's fine. <laughs> you know we. There is definitely some 90s-ness there that we have to kind of overlook, because even Trigon's not immune to that. No. So, what is your opinion, uh, real quick? Because this is not a real person he is talking to. This is an artificial construct with fake, well, initially, fake emotions, if any. (laughs) Fake what now? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe fake those, too. I guess it's better than than doing a... uh, Doing that to a human, but yeah. So are you are you worried that this just means that he's the type of guy who will do that to flesh and blood as well as virtual? I think so. I mean, Betty was presented as a character. I mean, yeah. I guess it's if he's really, really terribly objectifying all the women he meets and being creepy and pokey, and <laughs> yeah, I'm not so great about it. I mean, I don't think he's gonna. You know, jerk off at one of them. Across, but... <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I have the same worries, and they're born out of the idea that this is anime, and male uh-huh. protagonists always have this sort of like they're driven by sex because the Japanese society is so sexually repressed, and it leaks into their media. And yeah. I don't know. I get tired of the. And again, I think. I'm going to talk a little bit more about it, like I said, next episode, but I can't get into the main character of Chainsaw Man because of his over-objectification and focus of, like, boobs. And I'm like, grow grow the fuck up. Like, this is... Tell tell a good story. You don't need to, like, go to objectifying a woman in order to, like, build a character. So, I mean, it's the 90s, so I'll give it a little bit of leeway. I don't think he'll go to that same de- uh, that same level. I hope that he's going to be more nuanced of a character, similar to Vash, where Vash presented as like I'm a hornball, but like as you got to know him more, it was more of a of a front, yes, in order right. to like kind of throw people off the trail. Yes, yeah, keep himself safe and yeah, yeah, exactly. And don't be wrong, I love boobs, but it doesn't have to be the uh, the focus of every episode. Yeah, or the defining or, character or, trait of... Uh, or the, or the defining, yeah. Quiet. Yeah, the character's main thing, he does. Uh, I think that about does it for this episode of Tuning Japanese. Next time, it is Hey Ho! The Happy Pensioned Life. Hey Ho! Hey Ho. See, that's just what you're talking about. That's just, just what you're talking about. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, what? Yawn at hoes. No, hey, no, no. We're no. hoes and we're well, Ron Wangs, and uh, it's a Bill... No, it's a 
me episode. That one's actually mine. No, I guess you're right. It would be you. I will tell you, I have watched this show, or this episode. It is better than episode one. Uh, so <laughs> we'll get there next week. But for now, it's time to get out of here, Bill. This has been Tuning Japanese, a podcast where three dudes in their 40s. Do we need a fourth to be four dudes in our 40s? <laughs> Talk about anime. And I am a high-level virtual humanoid. I'm Bill. I put my talents to good use. I'm Mandy. I'm the old warrior with feet of clay. I'm Matt. And we'll see you folks next time. Kisses. She got a pedicure about that. Thanks for listening to Tuning Japanese. For more information on our show, visit tuningjapanese.com, where you can find links to our past eight seasons of the show, bonus episodes, and articles. You can also contact us on social media. Visit facebook.com slash tuningjapanese for updates, tweet at us at tuningjapanese, and email us your feedback and comments at tuningjapanese at gmail.com. Please consider supporting our show by leaving a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to today's episode. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, or any other number of podcatchers. You can also go to patreon.com slash tuningjapanese and support the show monetarily. There you can find bonus episodes and our special audio series, Tuning In, where we provide first impressions on a number of popular anime series. Special thanks to our Patreon supporters, Ryan Nash and Matthew Van Diver. This is no time to be indecisive, Admiral. Oh, please, no more. Shut up! You can't speak to me like that! Please, stop. Don't say anymore. I will not shut up. The future of the Space Force depends on this. No, I don't understand. Is that your answer? Or are the two of us in love? Ooh.